Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per flight hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per jet card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. the In The Points podcast, the fastest growing Formula One podcast on the globe and the only podcast growing at the speed of Formula One. I am your host, Matt O'Teal, and joined as always, we have Sam Russell and Stefano Sedano. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. Buongiorno, Matt. Oui, oui. Um, very excited to get after it. France, we're here. C'est le Grand Prix. Sam, I'm pretty sure you used Bongiorno when we went to Imola this year, and I think you just recycled that exact same same entrance. And I'm not even sure. No, that no, no. Is it was different. different pronunciations. You different spoke, pronunciations. You spoke very. You spoke very good Italian in French just now. You did. Bonjour. You did. There we go. Bonjour. Yeah, we are live. It is race week, boys. We're back. We got France, Paul Ricard circuit back this week. Super excited. One of my favorite tracks to go to and watch races. I, I'm super pumped for this week, guys. It's been a week off. A little bit needed, in my opinion. We had the back-to-back weeks with Silverstone and Austria. I think this was a welcomed break. We love race week. And we got another doubleheader coming up with, with France and Austria. And Sorry, excuse me, Hungary. But guys, we got we got quite a bit to talk about. It's been over a week since we've done our last episode. Lots happened in the Formula One community. We got our French Grand Prix preview. We have the return of Sam's bets in the gambling segment this week. A little bit of a hiatus in terms of the podcast, but race matchups has still been hitting the Twitter account every Saturday after qualifying, so be sure to check those out. Guys, jam-packed agenda for us today. I don't know what to tell you, but Speaking of men and clearing their names, Sam, you are, this is just a, an entire night of you being robbed of things because we're going to get to the F1 gameplay later on. Another thing that you got robbed of, but one thing you got pretty severely robbed of is Michael Massey has now left Formula One. He has left the FIA. He's left Formula One. Zero explanation, zero questions, zero accountability for what happened in Abu Dhabi last year. You were robbed of getting your pound of flesh from him. Uh, Matt, I don't even know what we're talking about here. I thought Michael Massey stopped working for the FIA like eight months ago. I'm, I'm fairly confused on the story, where it came from. What's he been doing 
for the past eight, nine months? Is he like just kind of pushing paper, like data entry at FIA now? Like what, like what's his job? What was his job? His job was to collect a paycheck and let the dust settle so he could leave on his own accord. So he's literally just been he's he's another person who's been stealing money. He got fired. Like, I don't know what we're talking about. This to me, this was like a weird non-story. He's in my mind, that guy's been gone for a while now. So, yeah, I was pissed off to see his name in the news because it's it's very triggering and I hate the guy and he's the worst. But um, yeah, he's he's a clown, so it doesn't really matter. And yet, he really had been fired for eight months now. So um, it is what it is. For Screw all intents and purposes, he, he has been fired. Um, you know, to your point. But there was that rumor a while back of him coming back on for Miami to be in the race director seat. But I, apparently, you know, a week ago, he is now fully retired from the FIA. So to your point, like Stefano, what was he doing there? Dude, I have no idea. Like Matt, like uh, Sam said, I thought he was fired months ago. And apparently he's probably just been in some like low level administrative role, collecting a paycheck, just buying his time until people forgot about him so that he could leave with some with saving a little bit of face. It's like one like a cop gets in trouble for doing something on duty and they get like sent from the streets to like some administrative job where they can't leave a desk all day. I think that's what yeah. Michael Massey's been doing the past eight months. Think, He's literally been like, like an admin. Do you think it was like one of those like eighties cop movies where like the head of the FIA was like, Michael, you're suspended. And Michael was like, Turn in your no, bad. you can't Turn do this gun to and badge. me. Gun and badge. Like, you can't do this to me. Gun and badge. Two weeks with pay. More like eight months with pay. Seriously, I wish, every, I wish every job was like that. You fuck up something and then they just suspend you for eight months with pay so you can just do whatever the hell you want. I wish my job would suspend me for eight months and pay me. Dude, I wish my job would suspend me for eight months and pay me. Matt, that don't suspend be... me with eight for eight months. Yeah, I'll suspend both of you guys eight months with pay right now, but then we wouldn't have anything to talk. I wouldn't have anybody to talk Formula One with. So, um, yeah, I mean, Michael Massey, it's it, it, honestly the only good news that I could think that this might come out of is maybe – and just maybe him leaving will lift this Lewis Hamilton curse that he is inadvertently put on to Lewis because Lewis has not won a race since Abu Dhabi. And guys, interesting stat, Lewis is about to start his 300th race in France. No driver has ever won a race after they've started their 300th race. I That's have an got interesting a stat, stat line for you guys. Least listen to the names of these drivers that have Rubens gone Brad over. didn't win a race after that. This these this is the list. We've got Michael Schumacher, who has been missing for over a decade. Zero wins after the three hundred race mark. Jensen Button zero wins after the three hundred race mark. Fernando Alonso, Kimi Raikkonen, Rubens Barrichello, and. Now, soon to be potentially Lewis Hamilton. So the question I have is for Vettel you guys, not over three hundred races. Huh? He, who is Vettel? Vettel is not over three hundred races according hmm. to the stat line that I'm looking that's at. Cra- that's crazy to me that Sebastian Vettel hasn't had over three hundred races. I know it's 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 quite crazy. But Lewis starts his three hundredth race, and one can only ponder: Will he fall victim to the same three hundred race mark curse? And I would actually think the person responsible for that curse would be. Michael Massey, but time will tell. What do you guys argue that? Does Lewis win one after 300? Yeah. Yes. 
Simple yep, answer: Yes, and he's he's gonna, we me and Stefano have been on this for a while now. The he's gonna question, he's gonna win one this year. The real question is because we're we're all in agreement that Mercedes is gonna win a race. Who do you think is gonna win it first, George or Lewis Hamilton? So here's my biggest question: What if he retires at the end of this year in the three hundred race to. and he doesn't win one this year and three hundred race mark holds up? Then he becomes just another statistic. Yeah, I don't By know. By the way, Vettel Vettel gets the three hundred uh, starts this year. He's at two eighty nine. Yeah, this year, right? So it would be basically right around. Um, I think the end of the season. Abu Dhabi. Yeah, maybe the, I think the last yeah, race. The last, the last race is his three hundredth, and I mean he's not going to win that shit. He's definitely not going to win any race this year. Not on that pick of a car, the Aston Martin. No, no. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Interesting stat. I don't think that we'll get to the race predictions later on this podcast. I'm not necessarily sure that Lewis will will win this weekend. Although rumor has it, Mercedes feels like this track is very flowy and in their favor. And they think that they've got a lot of really good pace, according to Toto Wolf. Again, we'll save that for our French race predictions. Um, guys, the other big topic that I want to talk about this week with you. New Formula One video game has hit the shelves and we have been deeply ingrained in what is happening with the gameplay this year. I want to start first and foremost. I want to start with Sam. Sam, you've been a mega Formula One video game fan since it originally came out. You've been all over it. You, again, were robbed in our career mode last night in the qualifying. You had gone into Q1 as P6, and then somehow... The game glitched. It froze up. We couldn't get into Q2. It put you at 15th. And now you're going to have to start our race in an hour from 15th after having a, a great qualifying. I want to start with you, though. F1 Gameplay 2022. What's your take so far, Sam, this year? Uh, I love it. I'm a huge fan of it. I think the the gameplay was, was really good last year, um, but it was a little too, like, unforgiving. Um, I feel like the racing is a lot better this year. Uh, it's, it's more fun, easier to race alongside uh, the cars, which uh, interestingly enough, it kind of replicates what's going on in real life, which I think was their goal. So they did a really good job. I think it's a great game. I definitely recommend going out and getting it. It's one of those games where you can't really perfect it. So you're always, you can always get better at it, um, which I, I love about it. It's not like you like win the game. Um, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. And I think us three are going to have a, a full season that we're going to we're going to have. There's an online gameplay um, mode, so it's great. I'm all cross for play. It. Cross, cross, cross play, play too. Yeah, yeah, Sam. It's a game that you can really get stuck in, right? Like you could you could probably race in a time trial for hours without even knowing it. And it's it's. I mean, to be honest with you, like I said to you last night, like it's very different than last year. It's very different to the car setups are different, how you use the controllers are different, like the braking points are all different. So it's like if you were good at last year's game, I wasn't that bad. I was I was I was half decent at that game last year. Very difficult to get into it this year. But Stefano, as someone who hasn't played an F one video game since two thousand two, not the time since the like actual version. You've gotten your feet wet, dipped your toes into this pond. What's your what's your take so far from what you've experienced? You called it a little too easy. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. First first impressions, it was definitely worth the 99-hour wait for the download. What um, type of Wi-Fi do you have that's taken you 99 hours to download a game? Dude, I don't even want to talk about it. Anyway, uh, so after that, after that, just joke of a download time. Uh, I got my feet wet a little bit. I've been playing racing around Bahrain. Um, 
And my immediate impressions were that it was, like you said, a little bit on the easier side because my last game that I played was F1 2002. So right off the bat, different cars, different drivers, obviously. I mean, we're talking like, I think the only, no, Fernando Alonso is not even in F1 2002. He was in 2001 for some reason, but not in 2002. Um, I think the older game is harder. Uh, the controls are less forgiving. It feels a lot more like an actual racing sim. I mean, granted, I'm probably, I need, probably need to like fiddle around with the settings on this game a little bit, maybe crank up the, uh, the AI difficulty, and then maybe it'll probably be a little bit more challenging. Right now, I've remapped the control scheme a little bit because I thought the, the default control scheme is a bit of a joke. Um, but so far, I like the game. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun game. You have to fiddle with the AI settings. Like, if you just kind of go off the baseline settings, the stock out-of-the-box setting, like, it's a total joke, dude. Like, I think – I don't even think Sam and I did, like, a full race with actual, like, drivers until we jacked the race, the AI setting up two times. Like, we did a full 2X on that from 30 to, like, 65. So Yeah, we're living at 65. It's tough. Living at 65. So- it makes it yeah, more wicked, makes it more fun, but it's tough, man. I didn't get out of Q1 last night. Hand up. I, uh, <laughs> Matt I did not raced. get out of Q1. Didn't get out of Q1. We're time. in the Alpines, and I uh, I didn't put in my preseason testing. I felt a little bit like uh, like Sebastian Vettel preseason, just like didn't really get on track all that much, hit Bahrain, and uh, and just couldn't perform. I got the wheel. I've been using that. That's a lot of fun, but like for the career, I got to go back to the sticks. We and, definitely, We definitely all need to get actual like – cockpit simulators though that's got to be an investment for all of us because that yeah. would be a completely yeah, different experience. yeah. I, I, I found out the hard way me and Matt found out the hard way how expensive and difficult it is to get a full setup yeah i found a full setup on amazon yeah it's I mean, it won't be a good one and it'll be like 800 bucks sammy's yeah, I mean, got a birthday coming up so maybe i'll get her a racing simulator for her birthday so that way sam can use that when in, in his spare time but i mean honestly having a full race simulator like i mean I got two monitors in here. I was going to set it up so I could have like the full around wrapped around view of how this would like look in, in a cockpit, but it's, it would, it's an intense thing. I will say the wheel is a lot of fun, but it's a, it's hard to figure out the braking on the wheel than it is to figure it out. I, I, maybe, maybe I'm just not good at the game to be honest with you too. Like it could, could be, could be user error for a lot of this, but I mean, game has been pretty fun for any of our listeners out there that are interested. We will be doing a full in the points Grand Prix at some point this fall. Uh, There will be prizes. There will be a monster um, big prize. There'll be cash prizes. There'll be other types of prizes. But the most important thing, there'll be some merch prizes will be a spot on an episode of an in the points podcast. They will be on like one of us for the entire it's not going to be an interview it'll be their entire take whoever wins that grand prix we will reserve a spot on the podcast um for you two to come on so for those of you out there it's going to be a full race too 75 laps 50 to 75 laps depending on the track oh i think it's going to be more than one race it's probably going to be like three of those it'll probably be like it'll be like that 24-hour race yeah it'll be like le mans but like each one of us on in the points will select a track for the Grand Prix, it'll be a full Q1, Q2, Q3 qualifying for each race. It will be a full like distance race, 100%. AI will be maxed out, 
and damage will be turned off because we don't want any of our listeners out there. You know who you are who just like to crash into people. So that way you could like win the race. Yeah, um, no, no Alan Prost wannabes. No, our oh, wow. wannabes. But for our listeners out there, and we, and we know we've got we've got plenty of them. We've got, uh, you know, that's that's what we're going to do. And speaking of our listeners, guys, I'd like to transition into uh, from our in the points grand pre preview to our listener email questions of the day. So we've got three listener questions for the day. I'm going to kick it off first with our longtime friend of the program and frequent caller into the podcast, the actual only caller we've had in on the podcast live, uh, Chad from Harwich. He has asked so far, this is what he's asked the in the points guys. In the points, boys, love the product that you guys are putting out. You guys are clearly the fastest and the you guys are clearly the best. Sorry, excuse me, the best podcast in the business growing at the speed of Formula One, the fastest growing Formula One podcast on the globe. Love listening to you guys every single week. Stefano, oh, yeah, a huge brother. fan of yours, man. Uh, you keep doing your thing. Love the fact that you're a Kimmy guy. Love the fact that you're a true Ferrari guy. My question is for you, Stefano, heading into France this weekend. Is this a must win for Charles Leclerc to see any type of driver's championship come to fruition for 2022? Thanks. Love you, boys. Hell yeah. Fired up. Chad from Harwich. Love you, too, Chad. Uh, Really appreciate the support. You're a nail gun. Uh, To answer your question, I think every race going forward is at the very least Charles, uh, Charles Leclerc has to finish ahead of Max Verstappen. It's a must win every race, but realistically if you can't get the win circumstances may prevent that uh charles has to finish above uh max pretty much barring reliability concerns for red bull like he kind of has to right like unless he gets a little yeah. bit of help i mean yeah. it's it's kind of turning into like i think a couple of these races but like is france must win yeah every race is a must win uh, at, at this point going forward charles has a what a 38 point gap to make up so he's got to start putting together a few race wins in a row just to get back into uh, a level playing field with Max. Because, I mean, Charles winning a race, Max is still going to score points at the very least, if not finish right behind him in, in second place. So it, no matter what, that lead isn't going to keep up quite to the degree that... Uh, We'd like it to to go down, but here's what I'll say. I don't think we can count out reliability issues for any team this year. If if we've if anything like the first part of the season happens the rest of the year, then we're in for DNFs, crashes, reliability stuff. Like, well, I think we talked you can't about count it on, the last on either episode. of these teams getting through the rest of the season clean. I think we talked about on the last episode, it seems like reliability this season is kind of cyclical. Um, Red Bull had their cycle of, of bad luck with reliability earlier in the season. Ferrari's been going through it sort of towards um, the the middle end. And now I think uh, Red Bull's starting to go back into it too uh, with some retirements over the last couple of races. So I think they're going to another unreliable cycle. Uh, don't Don't forget that Ferrari's unreliability is a bit self-inflicted because they're they've cranked their engine up to essentially breaking point trying to keep up with uh red bull's pace um that turbocharger is maxed out cranking out boost and it's not 
a recipe for reliability to to anyone who uh, owns a, a turbo car that that tries to make more power. You know what I'm talking about. Sounds like though they have figured out a lower drag rear wing that basically makes that straight line speed from Red Bull a little bit less impactful. So um, more to come on that. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think like Chad, appreciate the question, man. That was, uh, it, was a, it was a great question, great thought provoking one as always. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's time. I don't think it's must win for Charles Leclerc quite yet. I think we've we have yet to see the Red Bull reliability issues come into play. Uh, I think Max has a pretty decent sized lead, but we're we're just now at the halfway point so i think he needs to at least finish you know no worse than second behind max if he's not going to win at least in the next two races get into the summer break but the reason why i actually think that you know these next two races are pretty important for ferrari is because supposedly the the floor change rule goes into effect for spa which is the first race back and it's unclear which teams are going to be impacted by it but it's pretty clear Ferrari has said we are one of the teams. So that doesn't Isn't necessarily Red Bull mean one that- of the teams too. Yeah. I think there's, I think like most of the teams fall into this category, to be honest, like besides Mercedes, I know they don't. Mercedes claims they don't. Red Bull Horner claims they don't. Again, that's all not what Horner said. Game. You just told, you just said what Horner said way out of context. No, he said, that he said, we'll be fine. He'll be, we said, we'll be fine when the time comes. Point being that floor could have a massive impact on Ferrari, not necessarily not saying it's not going to impact the other team. I'm just saying these two could be critical if this floor impact to them puts them on the back foot coming out of the the summer break. Um, Second listener question we've got. This is from Julie from France. Julie found me on WhatsApp today, sent me a cold question. Um, I am on WhatsApp for all of our European listeners out there, so feel free to message both Sam and myself on WhatsApp. Uh, She says, hi, Jim. She got the name wrong. She must have a, a learning, uh, like a language barrier gap, but she her, her English is a little bit broken, so I'm going to do my best to annotate what I think her question was, but it's a good question. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Hi, Jim. I need a lot of precious metal raw materials for the... <laughs> Did we skip this one? No, I got it. <laughs> Hi, Jim. I need a lot of precious raw metal raw materials for the project I'm working on recently. Can you give me a price list? So Julie from France, she's uh, she's a longtime listener of the program. She definitely, Sam, I, my, I think that what she was getting at here was, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the budget caps and them raising the budget cap for the year. And, you know, with inflation and the heat wave in UK this week, like you just must be like she, she's got to be thinking, like, how do you think that this inflationary period in the budget cap is going to impact like the teams towards the back half of this season. And do you think that Haas is in a really good spot to maybe creep up to fifth, fourth, maybe even jump McLaren? Like they're not that far off. So Julie, thanks for the question, Sam, your take on the raw material prices. Great question, Julie. Very topical. Uh, I appreciate it. We love you, all of our listeners out in France. Uh, It's a good question. So yeah, Hypothetically, Haas would be in a, in a great spot, but they've already increased the budget cap. I got a feeling they're going to do it again. Um, I just think they're going to keep giving these teams money because they're, they're going to keep crying wolf that, you know, oh, we're going to run out of money. We're going to be able to like put a, put a car together for the last couple of races, which is bullshit. Um, so, yeah, I think the FIA will probably bend to these teams and keep expanding the budget cap. And yeah, Haas has done a great job. They haven't brought any upgrades at all, uh, which is pretty unbelievable because it seems like they're getting a little faster. 
Um, so they, they're in a good position. If the, if the budget cap stays the way it is, they're in a good position to kind of fly past these teams the rest of the year in terms of development. But the FIA is the FIA and they suck and they'll just keep expanding the budget. So the Christian Horners of the world stop crying to the media. Yeah, sounds yeah, I don't like think... a good question, Julie from France. Um, you know, Sam annotated that last piece there, considering nine out of the ten team principals all voted in favor of this. So, um, sounds like who was uh, the one that, that didn't. I really wonder Alpine. who the one that Alpine, Alpine was the one that did not do that. Um, even Haas voted on it. Yeah, Kimmy. I mean, uh, Kimoa for Fernando Alonso. Uh, Julie from France, very topical. Really trying to figure out the budget impact on you know specifically on Haas, but the rest of the team. So, thank you, Julie. Um, feel free to come on the podcast anytime. Last listener question of the day. This came directly to us through our in the points pod.com contact form. Again, friendly reminder, you can leave us voicemails and ask us questions directly on the contact form as well as through the WhatsApp app. So please and read my blogs and read the blogs. Stefano has been putting up some unbelievable content. I read every single one. They're fantastic reads, Uh, whether you're at work in the morning when you kind of go and take that first BM of the day, or if you're just kind of interested in, you know, reading something during lunch, I highly recommend those. So this is from, and I'm going to butcher this person's name. This one's kind of a hard one for me to figure out. Um, Looks like it's crew. Gai, 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 Krugai. It's K R U space G A E. I, I don't know. It sounds Krugai. different uh, from the United States. I personally believe that Ferrari is in the best team on the grid based on talent and pure performance. What has hindered them has been a series of incompetent decisions on the pit wall, as well as severe reliability issues. Once they solve at least their engine problems. Do you think that they can win both the constructors and the drivers this year? Regards, Daddy. So, Crew Guy Daddy, Crew Guy Daddy was blessing us with that question. Um, what do you guys think? Once Ferrari solves the reliability problems, can they win both championships this year? Crew Guy Daddy. Yeah, thanks for the question, Crew Guy Daddy. I'll, I'll hit this one first. Um, yes, if they, if they, like, they've been the best car pound for pound this year, in my opinion. Um, it's just, if they've had a reliable card, they would probably be in first in the drivers and the constructors. So yeah, hypothetically, if they, if they're, they fix their reliability issues, they nail all the strategy decisions. Yes. They will win the constructors and Chuck Claire will win the drivers. Now, whether they're going to do that is a whole nother question. Probably chances are fairly slim on that, but it's, it's there if they nail both of those parts of the game. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Um, Leclerc himself was robbed of a certain victory in Spain uh, following uh, some reliability issues. So that's that's 25 points in the bag that, they, that was thrown away because of a, a faulty engine or turbocharger, I think, was the Spain failure. And we lost out on a, a certain one-two in Austria because of uh, Carlos Sainz's spectacular engine explosion. Uh, glad he's okay, by the way. Um, but you know, reliability has been a thorn in their side. Uh, and another self-inflicted wound, so to speak, has been the incompetence. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, I think when the cards are on the table, uh, Ferrari makes the wrong calls time and time again. Um, but at the least they, they, that they can do is try to uh, make some cars that work so that their drivers are in with a shot. I mean, <clears throat> I get it. 
you guys like acting as if like the Red Bull reliability issues at the beginning of the year should just go away either. Like we don't want to talk about being robbed 25 points. I mean, the lead could should still be 38. Like if you trade what happened in Bahrain for what happened in Spain and what happened for in Baku for what happened in Australia, like the entire like constructors and the drivers is exactly the same as Matt, this. what what car has been consistently faster? You throw away reliability, throw away strategy. What car has been the best car? I don't think you can on the track point to either one of them. They both have won certain races and like the I guess like what what do you define as like being faster in the corners and the high speed straights? Like recently, maybe Ferrari's been a little bit faster, but like who is faster in Miami? Who was faster in Imola? Who was faster in any of the races that that Matt in, in Jeddah, right? Like, I don't think you can point to one team and be like, oh, Ferrari's been consistently the faster car. If they were, like, Charles Leclerc would be ahead of Max because they both have two DNFs where they probably were going to score good points. Like, well, Chuck had to take an engine penalty for one of the races, too. Okay. But, like, still, I think Carlos Sainz, has Carlos to Sainz couldn't beat soon. Max in canada so like you want to talk about who's the faster car like i don't think you can simply say like ferrari has consistently been the faster car i think they both have shared that title pretty equally this year i didn't say consistently don't get me wrong it's very it's very it's very very close but i think just overall if you had to pick one or the other if you throw away reliability throw away strategy if you had to pick one or the other i i think i personally think Ferrari would be the better car this year so far. I mean, I don't know how you could say that. Like I just did clearly. Like I don't I don't get like where how you could think that that is we, I mean we'd have, we'd have to spend some time and go race by point, race with these results. I, I don't like, think I, I'm thinking I'm thinking Miami was the only time I agree, Stefano. That's like the only time in the top of my head that they were like head and shoulders way yeah. faster. Yeah. And then the, I mean, Imola. Ferrari got one back in Austria when Imola, they, they were head and were shoulders, shoulders above above Red Bull. Imola Max was far superior to Ferrari. Like it was, he had like an eight second gap before Chuck even like tried to get too aggressive and catch Checo. Like I'm not sitting here being like, oh, Red Bull stand, like it's the best car on the track. I just also don't think like a Ferrari stand can like. I don't think I think it's one close. I think it's very close. Yeah, I, yeah. That's my I mean, point. It, all right, I'll I'll grant you Imola, Red Bull was superior, but in Spain, Ferrari was head and shoulders. Jetta was faster. a great example of how they were incredibly equal. Yeah, I like, agree. With that. Yeah, they were just, they were very doesn't... very close, but Ferrari was better. Monaco Ferrari was faster and then you, they threw that one away. I can't get how you can say yeah, that that's Ferrari was one. better in Jetta when they lost. Well, who said Sam, did you say that? I, I thought we were talking about Saudi Arabia. We are. Yeah. Oh, I uh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, maybe I thought you were talking about Bahrain. Bahrain, maybe. Bahrain. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think Jetta was like the most equal they were, and it probably came down to whoever got the DRS closest to the end of the race. But like, I don't know. I just personally get, I get it. But like, I think they're actually fairly equal cars. Like they're actually. Yeah. They, the question wasn't whether they were fairly equal. Was it if you had to pick one, which one or a bit? Actually, the question was, do you think Ferrari would be in with a shout of the drivers and constructors if the reliability concerns went away? Yeah. We really took crew gay daddy's uh, entire question and we went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I mean, how I is guess daddy like, spelled by the way, huh? How did he spell daddy? Who said it was a he? 
How did how did they spell daddy? D A D D Y. Wow. The heart over the A. I wonder who the heart is for. Who? I think it's for all of us. I think it's just because he loves the in the points boys so much that he wanted to say, hey, you know. But I mean, to answer the question, I I don't know if like I first off, I don't think that they have a lot of issues to solve on the pit wall. I think they had a couple of blunders here and there, but like they stuck to a pretty good race strategy in Austria. And I just think that in terms of the title chalk, it'll be a pretty interesting, you know, second half of the season, to be quite honest with you, starting with France. And guys, France, we got an awesome race, Paul Ricard, to my home track, my motherland, French. And uh, we've got Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon. But, Stefano, been a while since we've had a track preview. Why don't you give us the Paul Ricard track preview to kick us off into our France race prediction segment? Thanks, Matt. I'd love to. And, boys, the prancing horse got the better of the raging Red Bull last time out in Austria. However, this weekend presents a grand opportunity for the energy drink Kings to avenge that defeat at their home track. That's right. We're headed to France and to a Grand Prix that has changed venues more times than the country it's based in has changed governments. This weekend scenes Formula One's Grand Armée of Legionnaires take to the 5.8 kilometer circuit Paul Ricard. This historic circuit features 15 twists and turns flanked on either side by a kaleidoscope of colors adorning the runoff areas and, of course, the main event down the Mistral Strait. Who is taking the checkered flag in this penultimate race before the summer break? Will it be Max or Charles, or even the local boy Pierre Gasly? Just wait and see. Allez, allez, mes amis. It's time for the French Grand Prix. Love that. Great track, great preview for the race, Stefano. Um, really, well, this is one of my favorite circuits. Sam, I know it's one of your favorite circuits, too, from the video game. What are you looking forward to most about this particular track? Uh, I'm going to keep it really simple. I love the colors. Uh, I love the red, white, and blue uh, on the outside of the track. I think it's very aesthetically pleasing. Um, but no, I, I think it's a nice mix of some like windy straights. Um, you got some uh, slow turns. I just think I think there's a lot of different characteristics of the course. Um, I like how it's like kind of wide open, not a lot of gravel to it. Nope. Um, yeah, I know. It's just uh, I like the track a lot. <laughs> Two DRS zones, too. I know you're a big Sam D.R. Russell fan. Love the DRS, two of them. Um, we got that that long back straight heading into turn one, and then we got the long, you know, um, sector two straight heading into turn nine, that little chicane, turn eight, turn nine. I, I love this track. It's going to be hot there, though, and last year we saw that strategy played a big role. This was the, the race last year that Mercedes went on a one-stopper. They got super close to the end. Red Bull went on a two-stopper. They pipped, I think, Matt. Max pipped Lewis on like lap 58 of 59, and it was a pretty cool race to watch. Valtteri was super vocal, all pissed off. I told you guys this was a one two stopper. How come nobody listened to me when I said it? Um, I think strategy is going to play a significant role this weekend. And I'm curious because the heat wave that they've seen in the UK, I'm wondering how hot it is this weekend in France and whether it's going to come in to to play quite a bit. Like we've seen a lot of tire deck this year. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I love the race too, Sam. I love the openness of it. I love the different colors. I think that the way that the corners are set up are super difficult and they require like 
some pretty early breaking. It goes, you know, from full on, like dead on, getting stuck in to, to breaking into the last minute and taking these slow speed corners. This is some certainly a track that my opinion probably suits more of a Ferrari Mercedes car this year with more carrying more downforce than necessarily a Red Bull car. But like sectors one and two, I mean, even maybe a little bit of sector three, like there's not a lot of slow speed corners. I know there's like turn one, turn eight, turn nine, turn five out of the 15. So like maybe, you know, a fifth of them, 20%. But yeah, I'm super pumped for this one. Crazy trophy. I don't know if you guys caught it. Social the media gorilla. was all up in arms. No the gorilla point. holding the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Not very topical for 2022, though. Kind of having like a monkey holding the wheel up in, uh, in arms. Yeah, especially given what's been going on in Formula One lately. Yeah, a lot of racist things. I think that's why it kind of like became a, a bigger topic than it was. But, uh, Stefano, not your favorite track. Care to no. explain why? I Honestly, every time I watch a race at Paul Ricard, it's kind of boring. I prefer Manucor, but that just might be the nostalgia taking effect. But I mean, watching some races back from when Manucor was uh, the the home of the French Grand Prix, it seemed like a much more technical, uh, real driver focused circuit uh, rather than Paul Ricard. Also, there's this uh, a couple sections where it's really just visually difficult to watch because uh, of the multiple um, slip roads and corner entries and all the different uh, apexes that the drivers have to uh, keep track of. And then, like I said, you have those kaleidoscopes of colors flanking the 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 corners and and the runoff areas. Um, so, you know, not my favorite venue, um, but I'm hoping for an exciting race on, on Sunday, regardless. And hopefully my opinion can be, can be changed. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to call it like I see it. Like I hate that opinion. That's a fucking shitty take. I, I think that the, I love the colors. I think you don't get many tracks like this. I think that I didn't this, say this I dislike the cool. colors. I just no, said it's hard you're to just on a red, white, and blue guy. That's okay. Like not everybody can support red, white, and blue. And like, you're more of like a Ferrari green, white, and blue, green, white, and red type of guy, like Italian through and through. That's okay. Like it's cool. We don't, we don't on, need to on, support the boys in blue or the red, white, and blue. But I mean, it, it, honestly, I don't know about anyone else. It feels like I haven't seen a race in like over a month. Yeah, I totally agree. This, uh, I mean, I was saying, I feel like we hadn't recorded a podcast in like a month. It's, yeah, we it's recorded been, last it's, week. It's been a while. Um, I, I'm kind of feeding for some F1. Oh, I'm totally feeding for some F1. I can't wait for FP1. Uh, it sucks, uh, though. Nick DeVry will be doing the, the honors instead of uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton uh, Friday morning. But... Guys, let's just go right into race predictions. We haven't done race predictions in a while. Uh, I think we got special guest Nick from the UK on to to give a guest uh, special shout out. Special guest race prediction. prediction preview. Nick, thanks for joining uh, from the UK. I know it's super late over there your time. I think it's like three AM. So really must appreciate have just gotten you out of the pub. Yeah, really appreciate you staying up late to to join the in the points boys. Uh, uh- yeah, why don't can, you say can, hello to the boys? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, you don't need to shout. Just talk in the microphone, I just Nick. out of the pub. It's Nick yeah, from the so, UK. I don't have money for the uh, race predictions, but it's in France. Go to hell with France. Uh, Lewis Hamilton all the way. 
And whoever said something about no kaleidoscope, no red, white, and blue, they can screw themselves. Yeah, That's no, Nick, you're spot on. Nick, do you have race. any do you have any predictions for the race this weekend, or are you just on the podcast because you come out of the pub and you uh, you want to make sure that the boys know that red, white, and blue is what you fight for in the UK? How hot is it over there? It's about uh, in Celsius or Fahrenheit. Why would you give me a Fahrenheit temperature? You're from the UK. Well, you know, I know most of the viewers over there don't really know. And uh, over in America. On the other side of the pond. On the other side of the pond. Nick, do you have a take? I think think the heat's getting to you over there. Can we get a prediction? Somebody cut that guy off. So, uh, uh, all right, guys, let's go into the race predictions. Um, Nick from the UK, longtime friend of the program. Appreciate the call in, man. Uh, stay safe over there. Make sure you stay out of the the heat and get a nice cold towel, maybe a cold, cold glass of water as well to, to wash away the, the booze. But Sam, let's start with you for race predictions. Um, France Grand Prix kick us off. Yeah. So if you were to ask me, let's say before the Austria race, what was going to happen in France, I would say Red Bull one, two. Um, I would have felt a lot very similar to the way I did going into the Austria race. Now the Austria race happened and I'm like back having Ferrari fever. And I just have this feeling that they have kind of found something where Red Bull's maybe just not really advanced the way Ferrari has. And we're more on even playing field. And I've got a feeling we're, we're in for a, a Ferrari weekend again, um, which is crazy for me to say when, when you look at where we were a couple weekends ago. So yeah, you love talking yourself into Ferrari weekends. But- I've just, I love talking myself into Ferrari and I'm just not quitting them. And, and I just, like I said earlier, I think they have the better car if they can figure out these reliability issues. Now there is, there is the rumor that signs is uh, going to take a, an engine penalty, which we don't know about, um, we don't know. And that's kind of the, a, a key to the weekend because that would stunt their momentum kind of right in its tracks. If he has to start from the back of the grid or maybe start 10, uh, 10 places back. So we don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, but I do think that Ferrari's going to be the fastest car, um, at the circuit this weekend. So in terms of my, my top three and qualifying, I think that we see max once again on pole. Um, I think he's kind of proven that in a one lapper past few races that he, um, he has great pace and it's just tough to bet, bet against him in that sense. Uh, we saw it in Austria. He, he was faster on, on a one, on a one lap pace, but, um, his tires, uh, had a lot more deg as the race went on. So I think he still finishes on pole and qualifying, but I think when it, once it comes to race time, I think we see Chuck Leclerc get the job done again. And I think Chuck gets another win. Um, and like I said, I think the key to Ferrari's weekend is whether science is take grid penalty. So I'm going to assume that he's going to, um, which has me slot max finishing second. And then I think we see Sir Lewis Hamilton, uh, on the third step of the podium. And I think it's a Chuck max Lewis, uh, podium with signs, maybe fighting his way back to a fourth or fifth spot, which would be a great result for Ferrari this weekend. Got it. Yeah. <clears throat> Good prediction, Sam. Um, talking yourself into Ferrari. I like that. It's it's pretty consistent, right? Like they were pretty quick in Austria. They clearly had better tire deg. They clearly had better race pace. They clearly were able to go the distance. 
catch Max quite. A, I think they overtook Max like three times. So um, I like that that prediction. Stefano, who you got? Pole. So, you know, you're the only one on the podcast, by the way, that does uh, the three grids in um, or the first three in qualifying. So why don't you kick us off with your predictions for the for the week? I think uh, this season's qualifying king, uh, Charles Leclerc, takes pole. Uh, I think Lewis Hamilton takes the number two spot, uh, and then I think I think we see Max Verstappen round out the uh, the triplet of uh, P one, P two, and P three. Would that be, that be the first time that Max isn't on the front row? No, he wasn't on the front row in Jeddah. Okay, scratch that. It's the second time, Sam. I like where your head's at, though. Um, for the race, this was a tough one. But I think it's a Mercedes weekend, and I think Sir Lewis Hamilton takes the the race win. And I think Charles comes in P2, and I think <sighs> P3, I'm going to go George Russell. Wow, so you really think it's a Mercedes weekend. So now let me ask you this. I think this is one of the smoothest circuits on the calendar. So I think that really I think that really helps the the Mercedes cars with their their porpoising and their their bottoming out issues. Um I don't think Tire Dig is going to play as big of a part this weekend because of the smoothness of the circuit. So, you know, hopefully that can uh, translate into some really good race pace. So you now my question is inevitably do you feel like a weekend like that, how do you feel, both you and Sam, as Ferrari fans, if it is a Mercedes 1-3? How does it make me feel? Yeah, as like a what's your, fan? Where Terrible. your panic button that if it actually go, goes the way you predict, where Mercedes wins the race, beats Charles Leclerc, and you got George Russell slotted P3 behind, and who knows, maybe signs fourth, fifth, sixth, wherever – like if this if your prediction comes right, how hard are you pressing this panic button and Ferrari constructor chances? I'm certainly keeping my finger on it. I don't think I'm pressing it as hard as I would if Max finished above Charles. But based on my prediction being that Max, uh, Max doesn't finish on the podium, um, like I said, my 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 finger is hovering over the panic button, but not pushing it anytime soon because Charles finishes uh, a net positive on points um, given that my prediction is Max doesn't finish on, on the podium. I think Mercedes entering like the winning race stage would put an end to Ferrari's bid to win a constructors for the record. I totally agree with that. I think if Lewis wins and beats Charles Leclerc without any reliability issues, without a puncture, without anything else happening, and he wins this race outright, I think Ferrari is doomed for the season. Agreed. Very much agreed. Third. Um, that's my that's my reaction to your prediction, Stefano. So um, maybe not third, but they're not finishing first. They're not finishing first. No, no way. If Mercedes is in the fight for wins at any point starting this weekend, Ferrari more so than Red Bull. Red Bull should feel a little bit of the pressure as well, but Ferrari 1,000% should feel the heat, no pun intended, over in Europe more so. I don't know about that. Like I said, this this track in particular suits Mercedes. Uh, I'd have to do a, an analysis of the rest of the tracks, but in Hungary, I don't think Mercedes has a shot. Uh, I also don't think, well, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Tune into our next uh, episode to hear our thoughts on uh, the drivers at the Hungara ring. 
Yeah, let me give my prediction so that way we can get into the gambling segment because I know that the listeners are are eagerly waiting for that. So I disagree with you, Sam. I don't think Max is is pole sitter this weekend. I, I think that the king of qualifying this year has clearly been Charles Leclerc, and I think if he, you know, I think he's going to one hundred percent be pole sitter. I think Max will be P two. I think he'll just get it pipped, and then I think that this is going to be a I think Red Bull, I think Max is going to have a good race pace this weekend. And I think the tire dead goes away. I think he's won last year's track. It's flowy. It suits the other two cars. But I think that the Red Bull has been proven that it's been pretty damn quick. Um, it was quick in Silverstone and he just kind of caught a little debris and had to go into the pits. I think like tracks like that, they haven't been like superbly underperforming Red Bull, I mean, Mercedes and Ferrari, but I don't think that that means it's a clear runaway victory. I think you actually get Lewis Hamilton P2, and then I think you see um, Sergio Perez bring his Red Bull back into the fold. Some some part of my – this is like a gut. This track just feels like something Checo is going to like. And then I think you've got – you know, Chuck in there at, and fourth and science probably creeps his way back in the fifth. And I think that the, that whole grid that I just laid out assumes more so that like science is taking some type of penalty. Um, if not, maybe like the Checo play moves around and the Lewis play moves around. And I just, this, like, I feel this is like eerily. So like for our listeners, maybe a good chance to fade me because I'm usually thinking, when I feel good about a track for Red Bull, it's usually not a good track for Red Bull. So I think this is like, and the reason I think that I think is you guys think this is such a good track for the other cars that like that's playing into my prediction that I don't think you guys are as right as you think. Cause I feel like as a podcast, we've all been like all over the map in which tracks we think suit, which cars this year. Um, so I'm kind of like hedging that. Well, a little to be bit. fair, a lot of a lot of commentators and pundits are all over the map too. None yeah, of them are totally. really getting. None of them are getting their predictions right either. It's hard to predict because I think, and this goes back to the F1 gameplay. Like the setup of these cars can make or break, and like if you, yeah. you like, that's why I was saying Ferrari and Red Bull, like terms of pure race pace and everything all year in terms of performance and everything like they're not like they're they're pretty neck and neck, and I think it does come down to the minor tweaks at the very last. You know, in FP3, we've seen like Ferrari dominate FP1, FP2, and Red Bull find something FP3, and then they go on to win the race, vice versa. Like, I think we've seen so many of these, and because this track is so flowy and the tire deg should be low, I think it's again, it's going to be more of like a flip of a coin. But that's why I do think Mercedes is going to eat their way in. I think. Lewis is going to get up there. He's probably going to fight for the – I my biggest bold prediction for the race week, and I think we've all hovered this. I'm just going to flat out and say it. I think Lewis is fighting for a win this weekend. Like, I think – I said it. I, I called him winning the race. Yeah, but, like, you didn't really say it. Like, you might have I, said it. What do you it, mean? What do you want me to say? I, you might have, like – you might have said it, but, like, you didn't say it, if that makes any sense. But Lewis Hamilton is going to win the race. No. Take that to the bank. No, I Set think the house. I don't think Lewis is gonna win it, but I think he's gonna fight. Don't for listen the- to Matt. <laughs> um speaking of who's gonna win the race, Sam, it has been long overdue to get a Sam's bet segment back in. This has been one of my favorite segments of the year. And 
I can't wait to see you come out of the lab with what you've got this week, prop bets, everything else. Like, kick us off. What do you got for the listeners who are eager to make a couple bucks? Maybe they can pay for that that shiny new, you know, sports car that they've got or a new power unit. Maybe they can, you know, um, who knows? Maybe Fire it up, Sam. Some money. Fire it up, brother. Hell yeah. Yeah, thanks. It's it's been a long hiatus and uh, I've missed making money for our listeners. So yeah, we're going to get back into this because there is money to be made and I have, in, a, Sam. I have a monster card um, as usual. So we'll get into matchups. Like you said, Matt, earlier in the show uh, after qualifying on Saturday, once I get a better um, feel for the data, I'll be crunching the numbers and, and getting you, um, you know, matchup bets. But in terms of, uh, in terms of some futures, some props that I like. We're going to be using DraftKings lines this week. Shout out DraftKings if you're listening out there. Uh, we're open to sponsorship. We're open for business. Um, if any DraftKings competitors are listening out there, we're also open for business. So uh, hit us up. Yeah, Send us your money. Some, maybe lay some groundwork internally. But yeah, go ahead. What we got, Sam? So you know, I, I just touched upon it in my in my preview. I do think it's a Ferrari weekend. I think Chuck showed he has the heart of a champion uh, in Austria, and I think he follows that up in France. Um, I love the value at him to win at plus one seventy right now. Um, I really think it should be more closer to even money with Max. Um, but Max is a, I, think, I believe, a minus one fifty favorite right now. So I love the value of Chuck Claire to win at plus one seventy. So I'm going to hit that to kick things off. Chuck Leclerc to win plus one seventy. Why is he not the favorite this weekend? Is it Max? He's not. Max is Max is the clear favorite at minus one fifty. Minus one fifty. Where's Sir Lewis Hamilton falling into what the the Vegas line and the setters are thinking? I think somewhere around twelve to four or fourteen to one, somewhere in that uh, wow, that area. That a lot of deep. value there. A lot of value. A lot of value there. I'll and probably he- sprinkle Lewis as well. That that's kind of been my play the last couple of weeks. If you follow us on Twitter, you know that I sprinkled Lewis and pounded Chuck to win. Um, I doubled down on Chuck in Austria. That was a no brainer. If you looked at the data. Um, yeah. So moving Sam, on, Sam, Sam. Yes. Question. Uh, are the Lewis odds for him to win? Yes. Okay. Bet the house on Lewis. Bet I'll, the spring, house I'll on sprinkle him. some cash for, for you stuff now. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on, I've got a couple uh, top 10 plays here, you know, for our, our weekly in the points uh, bet. Love that. Um, so there were a few, yeah. few different names that I liked here. Um, and two of them that I was stuck on choosing between. Mm. And it was the Haas boys. I think that they've shown great pace. I think that they're one of these teams that's kind of like, <clears throat> they're, they're years been like a roller coaster. They started hot, went down. They're back on the upward trend, I believe right now. And it was tough for me to choose between the two, but I believe our, I believe our boy Mick, he's got some great momentum right now, and he's been faster than K Mag the past couple of races. So I like our boy Mick Schumacher, not downgraded esports, to finish in the points plus one ten. Wow! Yeah, you've always yeah. loved Mick, and honestly, it's an interesting one though. Coming off of K Mag's recent news, do you think any of that plays into? You know, maybe this this line that you're going with this weekend, Sam, like with the K Mag news that recently came out. Yeah, maybe he gets a little too comfortable now that he's got his seat for 2023. He just kind of takes his step, uh, his foot off the gas a little bit. No, no pun, pun intended. intended. Um, yeah, so I think 
I think Mick has got something to prove right now, and he's got a lot, a lot of momentum. So I, I like Mick to finish uh, ahead of K Mag, and like I said, in the points. Love that, love that. What do you got for next for the listeners? That, I love the weekly in the points bet, Sam. Yeah, That's so I've got awesome. a, I've got a second one, and another uh, in the points bet. Another in the points bet, love and uh, this one. Might I, can be- I bet? Can I guess what this bet is? I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say you're going to go with the Frenchman in his home Grand Prix, and Esteban Ocon is going to be up in the points. Wrong. Damn. Not even close. So this is probably going to become a every race type of bet for me. Uh, if you, if you were a, a listener who listens to every one of our shows, you know, I'm on record as saying St. Nick Latifi will get points this year. And I think it starts in France. I think we see Nick Latifi finish in the points this weekend. Shout out our boy, Ernie in Latifi's ear, Nick Latifi, 18 to one to finish in the points. And like I said, if he doesn't do it this this week, I'm going to bet him in Hungary. If he doesn't do it in Hungary, I'm going to bet him the next race. I'm going to keep betting him because he's going to finish in the points this year. I was right about the Carlos Sainz winning a race bet. I'm going to be right about Nick Latifi getting points this year. It starts in France, 18 to 1, book it. Sam, you've got a reputation to uphold. Like, I get Don't that risk we're trying it over to- Nick Latifi. I get that we're trying to to get content, stir the pot a little bit, you know, stir it up, get stuck in, help, you know, get the listeners going. But like, you've got a reputation, man. Saint Nick Latifi to score points in France, like, come on, this, this is, is an investment. This like is an investment. Serious, this is supposed to be like uh, we got a lot of jokes on the podcast. This is supposed to be a serious segment. So Matt, Sam. the way the way I've kind of the way I've kind of laid this out is if he's around eighteen to twenty to one to get in the points, or every single week, every single race, and I bet him the last was 11, 12 races, then I'm getting pretty good. I'm getting like you know three to one on Nick Latifi being in the that's points a, to share. You know what? That's a pretty, uh, you know, the way, when you put it that way, that's kind of like he will score points this year. I see what you're saying now. Honestly, it's not a terrible trade. That's uh, you're kind of catching Vegas sleeping a little bit that if you like bet him the rest of the year until he scores his points, yeah, like, I'm like kind of, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of counting cards on this one. Yeah, no, honestly. And, and the, the ace in the hole that you've got is earn dog and the, the headpiece him working alongside St. Nick, like he is definitely going to extract the maximum performance out of that guy. He's an X he's factor. A wizard. He's, he's an absolute X factor in Latifi's ear. And if there's one guy who's going to get him over the hump and get him that point, it's going to be earned dog. So earned dog. I, I think it might start in France and uh, yeah, the road, the road to point starts here for me and Nick Latifi. Um, let's go get it. Yeah. 18 yeah. to one. St. Nick Latifi and Earn Dog in the road to perdition. So what we got for the next point, Sam? So this is a, a double team or a, a double points. So I love what Alpine's been doing. It's their home race. Um, I mean, Ocon has been so solid all year. Alonso is finding his form. Um, they've just been sneaky finishing in the points like every week now. So yeah. Um, I, as in their home race, they're going to feel comfortable. I love Alpine double points at minus minus one ten. Um, 
I just think Alonso and Akon have been na- total nail guns and right. in their, in their home track. I just, I love them to finish double points. Love that. Well, I love an Alpine double points finish. So three in the points bets in a row for, for our listeners right now, you got Mick up in the points. You've got St. Nick Latifi sprinkle feels more like a prop, but that one in the points, you've got double Alpine points. And what can you think of next? All right, so we're we're heading to the podium, and we're all kind of in agreement that Hamilton is, you know, on an upward trend. He's looking good, looking fast. We all think that he's going to be in the hunt for a win, if not this week, at some point soon. Uh, I think he'll be on the podium this weekend, and third I have him be his third one in a row. Yep, and I have him third in my predictions, and. Who knows? Stefano's got him winning. Matt's got him on the podium. We all kind of agree he's going to be in the mix on Sunday. So I'm going to bet Lewis Hamilton to be on the podium minus 105. Love that. Love that bet. Yeah, I think uh, I think actually out of the three of us, you have him ranked the lowest in terms of which podium he'll finish on. I got him second. Stefano's got him to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I, at what point do you look at yourself in the mirror and realize that you are not the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan on this podcast anymore? Well, I'll be the one who's also betting to win the race on Sunday too. So, um, so okay, the house. we're going to get into the exotics portion of my card. This is where it's going to get good. So here's a little fun prop that I love. I'm betting on there to be three race leaders on Sunday at plus 175. Wow. Kind of a little action. I think we see Chuck. I think we probably see Max at some point, and then maybe we see a Lewis or a Checo on pole or something like that. I just think that we're going to get three of them, and I think the value at plus 175 is too good to pass up. So I'm going three race leaders at plus 175 as my first exotic bet. I love that one because with a race track like this, with the tire deck we've seen, with the heat, with the strategy from last year, this could open up the door for it to be a, you know, multi, like you got like what happened with Silverstone, right? Like maybe Lewis is trying to stretch his stint out. He ends up staying out while Max and Chuck pit, he becomes the race leader and he goes out exactly. and it's Chuck and it's Max at the beginning. So like, I could totally see that. I like that bet. That's really what is now for the listeners on that exotic, what constitutes like leading a lap so long as you're in first at any part of the lap or do you have to like complete a full like do you know is that like anything out there like if if lewis if max starts on pole and he goes into turn one and he gets overtaken by chuck did he technically lead a lap no no i don't i don't believe so so he has to lead like an entirety of a lap yeah yeah he has to to cross the line leading Cross the line. Yeah, I think you have to cross the line leading. Yeah. All right. Okay. So something to keep an eye out for. We want our yeah. listeners to be well informed of how this bet is going to pay out. You know, like we don't want another debacle of whether or not a rebound counts as a rebound. So that's what we just want to make sure of. So I like that though. I think that this is a race. I, I think Esteban Ocon at one point is going to lead the race. So. Um. Okay. What about that's what it. about the other Frenchman, Pierre Gasly? Nah, he sucks. Nah, this year. he sucks. Off he's, on him. Yeah. He's a little too passionate with his love for. Yuki, Yuki and and other things. Um, all right. So this next bet, I think Matt's going to love this bet. Um, Tell so, me it's a safety car minus 185. No, hold on. We're not there yet. Save that. Cut that. So this one I've touched upon a couple times this year, but I'm taking a little bit of a different stab at it. 
and it's going to be fastest pit stop. So you look at the odds to this bet, and there's a overwhelming favorite. Red Bull is minus 150 for fastest pit stop. So you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, Red Bull, they're the, they're the fastest pit crew out there. And you, usually sometimes they are. But if you go look historical stats, and me and Matt have noted this when we've watched the races, you know who the fastest crew is? Stefano, any idea? I feel like it's probably like one of the back markers. No, wrong. It's is it Mercedes? McLaren. McLaren has had the most fastest pit stops of the year with four compared to Red Bull's three. So the fact that they are plus 550 for fastest pit stop, there's no better value on the board this weekend. McLaren fastest pit stop plus 550 is my next bet. I freaking love that bet because early in the year, you pulled out fastest pit stop of the um, as a bet, and you went with Red Bull because they're the kings of the pit stop. And I said to you, McLaren actually has had incredibly fast pit stops, and I told you there was incredible value back then. And you agreed. You're like, no, there's awesome value in McLaren being the fastest pit. You ended up hitting that. For Red Bull, I remember it like right at the last buzzer for Checo. I think it was Spain, and he came in for the fastest lap, and he won, he got the fastest pit on that fastest lap pit stop. So I love the McLaren fastest pit stop. They've got four fastest stops this year compared yeah. to Red Bull's three. So I believe well, it's, that. Ni- it's nice that they're fastest at something. Ooh, Ooh you're gonna take All right. that, Sam. And to to close things off, in honor of me bringing back uh, Sam's bets. We got to go back to old reliable. Oh, uh, it, would reliable on, it would only be right. Uh, we're going to pound. There would be a safety car minus 200 this weekend. That's a um, full safety. Full. Full. If you uh, know anything about yeah. Sam's bets, you know, he goes full. He go, he has one speed and it is full safety car speed. Full safety car. I don't know how it's going to happen. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. There's going to be a safety car this weekend and we're going to be there to make money off of it. Safety car minus 200. Hopefully everyone's fine off of that safety car. Minus 200 seems incredibly low for a track like this too. Like, I think that was even lower than what was in, in, in some of these other races. Like that seems like almost even money. I think the lowest of the year, pretty much. Yeah. I'm pretty shocked by that, to be honest. Yeah. Old faithful, old reliable. You're going back to the well, you're drinking what they want to send you. I feel like Vegas is going to be caught sleeping this weekend. Yeah. Well, I'm back. Yeah. You kind of sniffed them out. You know, they, they thought they earned a, a little bit of a, an easy weekend, but you said not so fast boys and girls. Uh, the, the king is back in town and you're going to have to pay the piper. So Sam, great hide your kids, great, hide your wives, great Sam, bets. CR Russell's back in town. Damn. DR Russell's back in town. Hide everybody. Uh, he's here to make money. He's here to rob you blind, steal from the rich, give to the poor. Sam is the DR Robin hood of this podcast for formula one. And he is here to make everybody money. Sam, love it. Sam's bets. Welcome back everybody. Um, guys, Hell of an episode, super long one for us today. We jammed a lot of stuff in here. We got some listener emails. We got some actual listeners on the podcast. I mean, let's not forget the feud. We're, we're anti-WB guys now. Um, final thoughts heading into France for, for you. Let's start with you, Stefano. Like I alluded to earlier, uh, I'm not a fan of this track, um, but I'm hoping for an exciting race because I want, I'm rooting for my opinion to be swayed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm a nostalgia freak for, uh, the Manucor circuit. Um, but 
this season has shown that uh, the new regulations can make any track an exciting track. So hopefully that's the case this weekend. In any event, hell yeah, fire it up. It's time for the French Grand Prix. Sam, final thoughts. Au revoir to all of our listeners out there. Uh, you know, we're in we're in France. Let's uh, let's have a ball. Let's have a great weekend. And hopefully we see some great racing. We oui, we oui. hell yeah, brother. Fire it up. Uh Fire that's it up. episode, guys. Love you boys. Yeah. Love you all. Be nice Fire to each up. other. Fire it up. Fire it up.